Hey, hello everybody. Welcome to Monday Night Therapy. And you know, there's one thing that makes me feel better. It's uh, that woman walking through that we feel gets me every time. Yeah, I and if you're only like listening, that. if you're only listening to this as a podcast, you need to go watch the intro on YouTube. And uh, there you go. Um, yeah, I, I think we're in need of therapy tonight, Todd. Yeah, I, I think uh, we've been we've been cruising, John. We've been cruising the last few weeks. Yeah, we have. Our, we haven't had to put our our uh, our our training uh, to the test. You know, the the training that both you and I have acquired over the years of seeing Nebraska football through clear lenses for what it really is. So, um, yeah. What what is it really? Um, it's a game played by boys. Oh my God! They're not boys. <laughs> Uh, okay, Linda Wilkins says, "Good uh, evening, John and Todd." Uh, I don't what. I don't know what this PTW thing that's popping up is, but whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever they did. Uh, okay. Um, wait a minute. You know what? I entitled this thing the most amazing thing that happened after we lost to Michigan. State and we did lose to Michigan State 20 to 17, three game winning streak, and we lost a game. And it sucks to lose, it sucks to lose. But the most amazing thing happened, Todd. And and what was the most amazing thing that happened, John? The most amazing thing that happened is this this still bothers me. Since I started doing ranting, like like the first bathroom video or the ranting in 2021 on the field, my the losses stopped bothering me as do, soon as I was done in the rant. I would rant and go, buy this shit baskets, fuck yeah. And then it'd be over. And then I'd go on with my life. This one bothered me Sunday while I was watching NFL football. And it bothered me somewhat today while I was trying to focus on my job. And you know what I've concluded? And what have you concluded? Thank you. I concluded that Matt Rule has given me hope, that son of a bitch. But I actually, <laughs> I honest to God, I went into this Michigan State game thinking, there's no way we can lose this. They are in such a mess. And, you know, I talked to the interviewed the Michigan State guy, and he was like, God, help us. You know, you've gone through misery. Tell us how to deal with this. That was one of the things he talked to me about. And I thought, there's no way we lose this game. And then we fucking lost the game. And I thought, what? Wait, where did this? I was all empty inside before, and it wasn't that bad. Now I'm suddenly not empty, and now I'm angry or hurt or something. How? How? You know, John, you what? you don't take your own advice. What? You know who does, Todd? Well, Wait, what own advice? What own advice do I not take? You apparently, I mean, so you go from. You know, being pragmatic and thinking that, you know, this season, you know, progress, you know, is going to have to be measured perhaps differently than wins and losses. I mean, you go into this very conservative about it. And then all of a sudden, we're two thirds the way through the season and you have a mindset that Nebraska cannot lose a game. I, I mean, I don't. I didn't say that. That's what you said. Fuck, you I said did say that, didn't I? You said with Michigan, there's no way we can get beat by Michigan State. 
Well, Michigan State jumped up and kicked our butts. You know what happened, Todd? You know what? This isn't fair. They had two fucking quarterbacks that could throw the ball and receivers that could catch it. What the hell is with that? Well, sometimes, you know, a little bit of depth (laughs) doesn't hurt. Um, Yeah. So do you – are you in the mood to dissect this thing or, you know, or is this – is this just one of those games that we we just put to bed? I mean, you so to, you flush the toilet. Well, I don't think you flush. No, I haven't the done toilet that because, in one of my bathroom. Videos. You know, when, well, when people say you know you flush that one, get rid of it. You know, I I still think I'm I'm kind of in the Matt Rule camp on you know you don't flush it, you learn from it. And so, you know, there are some things that I think that we should learn from this game. Um, you know. One of the criticisms that I had with the previous guy is that the coaching staff and the team did not know how to handle success. I mean, did they ever have, you know, that we know they had a winning streak and rarely could they win games back to back because it seemed like, you know, they'd battle and fight and they'd win a game and then they would just lose their minds the next week. It's kind of like, Oh, we're winners now, and all we got to do is show up. Right. I didn't get the sense that this was just all we had to do was show up in East Lansing Saturday. To me, I thought Michigan State had us scouted very well, and they um, they were better prepared. They were better prepared to play against us than Nebraska was prepared to play against them. And, hey, look, I think most people here know what it means when you say you're playing with house money. Nebraska's been playing with house money for the last seven games. And your luck is going to run out when you continue to turn the ball over to the extent that we've turned the ball over. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to jump up and bite you in the ass. And that's exactly what happened with Michigan State. We could not overcome uh, our inability to to protect the football. Hmm. I don't know what to say. Loss. It's a sad. I, it's a plumber. You know, I was so forward to going. We're bowl eligible. I had, you know, I had, I had little like graphics made for bowl eligible. I, I just wonder if too many of us were putting such an emphasis on we got to go to a bowl. We got to go to a bowl. The only way we can measure success is to go to a bowl game. Well, Todd, we are men. We are men. Yeah. Okay. D-E-V-O. Uh, you know, that's how you measure success, isn't it? In production. You and by the way, su- if anybody right now is thinking, Oh yeah, our society today only measures things in wins and losses and how much money we make. You know, go back to the Bible in the old times and guys were measured by how many concubines and goats they had. So nothing has changed over the course of human history. I, see, that's right here. This guy, Mozilla. He says, if you don't go to a bowl, you are a loser, Todd. Well, okay. You know. Are you going to have some kind of old man wisdom that says this is it's no. all about the friends we made along the way? I, I I said from the get-go that I really hoped that this team could get six wins this year. And if they got six wins, I thought that that would be a good measure of success. 
Obviously, with six wins comes a bowl game. Right. Um, you know, but by the same token, um, can can you sit here on the the first Monday of November and say that Nebraska football is in a better place than it was one year ago? Well, it we're in a better place. We are. Yeah. We are in a significantly better place. I just want them to stop saying that thing on TV. And what thing are they saying on TV? That thing that where they go haven't been to a bowl game since 2016. Yeah, well, kind of You know, sucked. it's kind of like that fucking graphic they show about men's basketball. You know, never won NCAA tourney game. It's, you know, it's like stabbing you if you care. I know a lot of people don't care about men's basketball. Just stabbing you right in the eyeball every time I see that graphic. By the way, men's basketball season started tonight. Nebraska is playing Lindenwood. I don't know what that is. It is a is college it- in St. Charles, Missouri, transitioning to Division One. Oh. In years is past, that, they it- have been a they they have been a powerhouse in a number of sports at oh. lower division. So they're in a, I know this. They are in a big population area. They're the the they are now the closest. Well, they, you got St. Louis University, but they don't compete in a broad range of sports. But you know, Lindenwood's sitting in a pretty good part of uh, the country to recruit athletes. Are they right next to Morningwood? Uh, <laughs> I'll move on. <laughs> Paul Dalen gives us a super sticker for five bucks. Thank you, Paul. We're going to go through some comments. Uh, well, wait a minute. Yeah, uh, go with Mike that Corrigan, one first. Mike okay. Corgan says there's a podcast. Yes, this same thing. Our podcasts that are labeled podcasts on YouTube are actually delivered through podcast channels. Greg is our podcast manager. I don't know. It's on like Apple, Spotify. You know, wherever you find podcasts. So, yes, there is a podcast version of this. Uh, let's see. Here's the go. Linda Wilkins says, John, I have a question for you. If Nebraska goes bowling in year long, how long will it be before Scott Frost is welcome back into Memorial Stadium? Okay. This is how kind of like asking, take- this is like asking, if I ate pancakes for breakfast, could a grasshopper kick the shingles off my roof? Come on, Linda. How long These was are two it? two unrelated things. Oh, oh, how long was it before Frank Solich came back? 20-some years. Okay, it? double it. Yeah, that's probably true. I, 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 Linda, I think we'll all be gone by then. That's the honest <laughs> and God truth. Uh, Justin Rogie says, PTW is pay Tony White because, uh, as most of you know, over the weekend, USC fired Alex Grinch and uh, Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley's been beat up for years about not caring about defense and not having a very good defensive coordinator. And now they're going to go looking for one. And people in the athletic actually wrote an article and stated that Tony White would be one of those people that they would want to look at. And my question for everybody is this, would you go, would you go to USC if Lincoln Riley was the head coach? Well, would a UCLA Bruin go to USC? Yeah, that's what he is, isn't it? I believe Tony White's a UCLA Bruin. So, you know, that factors into it. Though Dan McCarney went from Iowa to Iowa State, you know, you have some of that kind of stuff happen. Um, You know, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. 
It is is does does Tony White's price tag is it the same today as it was before kickoff on Saturday? Is that a rhetorical question? No. But you know, Todd, here's the thing with that. Yes, it is. It's 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 you know, I don't know about paying him. That's what we all look at. I would like more money. You'd like more money. Everybody would like more money. Not everybody's motivated by dollars. But here's you know, one of the other things that was amazing to me was uh we had a defense that held another team to 20 points. And 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 we were disappointed in our defense. I mean, right. not widespread, but think about that for a minute. You have a defense that consistently holds another other teams to like 20 points a game. I don't know what their average is, but and you're disappointed in them. Right. You know what well, I mean? And and that's because, you know, I think we got all excited about watching them, you know, darn near shutting teams out, you know, or shutting teams down. <clears throat> And Michigan State exploited them throwing the ball. And um, when they were successful throwing the ball down the field, you know, that opened it up a little bit for them running the ball. Um, But, you know, Michigan State didn't put up huge numbers. And, you know, so it wasn't wasn't a defensive collapse, not by any means. Um, You know, so I'm not that concerned about, I'm not that concerned about the defense. They'll get the ship righted, and I think that they're going to be fine going forward. Okay. Uh, Justin Rogge became a member for one month. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel, and you can buy a membership for $1.99 just to support us. Uh, Thank you, Justin. Uh, Let's see. What else we got? Simple Jack says, looking good, Todd. I mean, real good. Hubba hubba. He didn't say the hubba hubba part. I added the hubba hubba part, but yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing what a haircut and a collar can do. (laughs) Speaking of that, Minnie, one of our favorite (laughs) regulars, says, John, your hair looked especially good on your overreaction. What's your secret? Egg Uh, whites. Egg whites. (laughs) Yeah, it's egg whites. He uses egg whites. And then he wraps that mess up into a plastic bag. I think he keeps it there for about 17 minutes. You go 18, it could turn green. So the the secret is egg whites. Fred Zacco says, John gets three wins and he turns into the kid who has his first beer. You know, I got news for you, Fred. Even though I was on my like nine hundred and sixty-seven thousandth beer, it was still like I had my first one. <laughs> never really ended. You know, I never stopped. Yeah. Even now, you go you go any place with John, and if you wandered far enough away from where John was sitting, you'd hear people that had never seen him before say, "I remember my first beer." So yeah, you you got it. You've nailed it, Fred. <laughs> okay, let's see. Yeah, da 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 da. da. Mike Schuster. Hello, Todd and John. I agree we in a better place, but the same punt return game. Oh, man. You know, the punt return game was decent in the, you know, early going. And, you know, I think I heard, I didn't hear the the press conference today, but I heard some follow-up and they were saying that Rule admitted to making some mistakes with that. Um, You you know, I don't buy this that um, Billy Kemp, you know, wanted to contribute so bad. He wanted to be on the field, wanted to be on the field and contribute any way that he could. And so they put him back there to field punts. 
with no intent of returning because he can't he can't run right now. Right. But you know, come on, you got to you know. The, I remember listening to Ed Foley talk preseason about how important it was to return punts so that you know your you know yards matter on returning punts and. They always wanted to return punts. But, shoot, you know, if you watched the game on Saturday and paid attention to fourth down when Penn, or Michigan State was punting, Nebraska had the block on nearly every time. And right. when you have the block on, you're not going to get that protection for a return man. Right. Well, you know, Billy Kemp's sure-handed. He caught every one of them. Why he caught a couple of balls inside, you know, like the five-yard line, I have yeah. no idea. Um, you know, it used to be rule of thumb was you stand you know, stand with your heels on the 10-yard line, and if it goes over your if it goes over your head, let it go, you know, uh, don't back up. Well, punters have become uh, you know, this is this is not you know the game that we played um when it comes to punting the football. You got punters that they have different kinds of kicks, and they're much more adept at putting that ball so that it bounces straight up or it bounces back. It's a whole new world there. But, boy, fair catching the ball on the five. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 uh. I, mean, I mean, I knew when they went after the punt, they wanted him back there for the sure hands. But, again, the, you mentioned the catch the ball at the sixth thing. Well, it was pretty clear it was going to bounce and go in the end zone. Um, you know, that's 15 yards, 14 yards. I mean, that's for this offense, that's that's worth its weight in gold, for God's sakes. And then again, at the end, you know, I think I brought this up on the post game ranty bit. Uh, you know, they put Ethan Nation back there to return the last punt because now they were desperate. And I, you they know, they were desperate. Maybe yeah. they had that's the thing. I thought they'd have the same attitude I did. We're going to show up and beat Michigan State, and then you don't because you weren't mentally. I don't know. You know, you can't you can't read somebody's mind. We can only speculate, but we do it well, and sometimes with a lot of profanity. You know, um, Linda posted a little bit later on here. The defense could not save their ass again. Uh, very true. And, yeah. You know the you you can't. Um, an offense has got to move the ball. An offense has to control the clock. Um, you know, defense wins championships, but that's assuming you got an offense that can do their job. Um, and then, you know, special teams, man, uh, Brian Buschini was not good this weekend. Wow. It was just, it, it was just a cluster. If you ask me, just, yeah, it was, it was not very good all around. No, no, no. It, frustrating. Frustrating. Wade Farr says, I'm still confused why Purdy never gets a shot in a game. All I hear is that if you don't do good in practice, then Rule won't let you play in a game. If you suck in a game, that's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why why Chubba Purdy has not seen the field. I mean, you know, you'd think that – I, you know, I, I, let's be honest – when you talk to people that were at the Michigan State game, and they will tell you that Nebraska had receivers running open all over the field and that we just couldn't get the ball to them. And, I mean, if I guess I don't understand why they can't. 
I don't know, give the guy a series. Is that so? Why is that so hard? Why, what the guys that are quarterbacks, it's fragile egos, they break. That tell me, Todd, is that how quarterbacks think? You know, I don't know. I know that back in the day, um, we had a, a snowflake uh, playing quarterback that his ego, you know, was was very, very brittle to the extent that an assistant coach had to drive all the way to Omaha to convince <laughs> him not to quit. Um, right. You know, I, I remember that. And uh, they basically kissed his butt the rest of his career at Nebraska. Um, so I, some of them do have egos. Um, but, you know, here's, here's the thing. If Chubba Purdy gave Nebraska the best chance to win, he'd be playing. Do you really believe that? You don't yes. think Matt Rule's just playing favorites? No. If if Chubba Purdy gave this team the best chance to win, he would be playing. Now, you know, we as a fan base, um, like a lot of <laughs> like in a lot of things, well, prove it, or I want to see it. Or, you know, you don't necessarily trust uh, those people that are in positions of power and authority to make a decision. Um, but, you know, I, I thought Saturday that it was time to give another quarterback an opportunity to play. So did uh, I. Heinrich was, was struggling. Um, you know, he just, he just was not getting the job done. Um, Michigan State, as I said, you know, there's enough film on Heinrich Harburg now um, that other teams are scheming against him. And, you know, they've been able to take away some of those things that uh, led to some success in his early starts. But, you know, then you get into the whole argument. Well, if not Heinrich, then who? Well, you know, you got your Chubba fans. You've got people like uh, long-haired Minnesotans that think that Jeff Sims should be shipped off to Afghanistan and um, never allowed. I have to never play said him. that. I have well, never you virtually said it. did. Not Afghanistan. Good God, nobody deserves. Okay, that Libya, and um, so you know, never, never allowed to play again. Uh, here, here was it. it Look what Michigan State did. Michigan State in the third quarter, they brought a guy off the bench. They were looking for a spark because they right. kind of felt like um, Hauser was the starter. He was kind of hitting a wall. And so they brought that other guy in who was a running quarterback looking for some kind of a spark to kind of ignite him. And I really wished that, that Nebraska would have done something like that just to try to get him out of the doldrums because nothing was working. But, you know, apparently um, the, the coaching staff believes that HH uh, -H gives us the best chance to win, and they're going to ride the Heinrich Harburg, you know, express um, until he's till the end of the season or until he's injured and can't play, would be my guess. I, you know, the other problem that he has is a lack of a, any kind of pocket presence whatsoever. I mean – 
you could say there were a lot of people that said, well, the offensive line doesn't give him any protection. Okay, well, the pocket's supposed to build around him, and he has to step up into the pocket. And instead of stepping up into the pocket, he just kind of went, ah, 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 where's Fedoni? And then he throws Fedoni the ball, whether he's covered or not by eight guys. And it's it, that's that's the thing that I kind of look at and go, okay, maybe you can learn to build pocket presence, the ability to step up in a pocket and trust your lineman around you, that there's going to be something there for protection for you to get the ball off. And maybe he also <laughs> – maybe they're drumming it into his head. You don't have to look for Fedoni every time. You know, I know he's – aren't they roommates? Is that it? No, former roommates. Oh, Okay. But you know, well, you I, know, I I don't know. I I'm wondering, I'm wondering where Heinrich's head is at. No, I'm not even gonna go down that road. That was nah, used I up. Yeah. I used it up. Used it up Saturday. No conspiracy theories. I'm I'm. Uh, I'm you have I'm a conspiracy theory? Well, yeah, but I'm not going there. Todd, you're holding out on us. Okay, when, when Heinrich Harburg throws the ball, what does he have a tendency to do when he's throwing the ball? Sidearm. Well, yeah, but they, he's flying. They fly. I mean, he's, he's overthrowing receivers badly quite oh, often. Okay. Okay? All right. Yeah. Been watching Harper Murray serve the ball? <laughs> Should we stop there? Well, you asked. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I'm just saying, coincidence. Uh, hey, Don Dre says, Todd, John, John, Todd, go old school and wear ties. Oh, Don, I've worn a tie once in the last three years and about killed me. Really? Well, yeah. I don't think I've worn a tie for like now about 15 years, maybe a very long time. You I don't know, go to places. You know what? I don't go to places where ties are required. And those people who have those places where ties are required are thankful that I don't go to their places. <laughs> you know, it's. So, kind of, I was just having this conversation not long ago when, you know, 25 years ago when I was uh, a young high school principal. I wore a suit, not a not slacks and a sport coat. I wore a suit and tie four out of five days every week to school. And I did that for the first, I would say, 10 years, 12 years of being a high school principal. I mean, I had suits. I had dry cleaning bills. I wore ties, you know, um, just crazy. And then fortunately, my last... Uh, 10 years in the profession, I had a, a superintendent that I worked for that uh, really didn't think it was necessary that we wear ties. So I wore a tie maybe once every, once a week, probably once a week, hardly ever wore a suit, graduation, you know, Veterans Day, I'd wear a suit. Um, but yeah, life changes. <laughs> Matt Snowback says, let's not complain too much. This team would have two ones under the old regime. That is probably true. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Ted Hilker says. Hold on. Fred, Fred, you can't take credit for this one. John mentioned it earlier. You were late. You were late to the party. Sorry, Fred. I love your humor. Your, your humor is outstanding, but John owns this one. He had, I'm not sure he's filed for uh, copyright, but that, that was his joke. Fred. So. <laughs> uh, 
What? Now I lost the comment from somebody. Okay. Ted Hilker says, what about Minnesota and Wisconsin losing, keeping us in the Big Ten West race, LOL? I don't think we should even think about that anymore. There was way too much time spent last week about people going, we could, we're going to win the Big Ten West and blah, 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 blah. And then we went out and we pooped ourselves. But, God, Minnesota did lose to Illinois, and that was surprising. And Wisconsin, oh, my God, who'd they lose to? I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> this is what you get for two old guys. Purdue? I, I, no, Purdue hasn't beat Wisconsin since like oh. 1982 or something. Oh, my God, Todd. This is terrible. Yeah, we're supposed to be the experts. <laughs> they lost. This is why we can't remember it. It's because it's more shocking than our loss. North they lost to Indiana. No, Indiana. 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 Indiana, right. Yeah. Yeah, well. I, yeah, that uh, – that, uh, I mean, that had to shock the Indiana people. Number one, nobody's paying attention now that the basketball season started. Number two, I, I assume that they were just getting ready to, okay, he's going to lose to Wisconsin, then we're going to fire Tom Allen. Because well, he's, 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 he's dead man walking. He's, he's yeah. gone. You know, there's, there's no saving him. Um, but, you know, the, the crazy thing about it is, is the Iowa's going <laughs> to, Iowa is probably going to win the West. Um, yep. they're probably going to get it done and yeah. And then their defense will get shredded. So. Mozilla says, why don't we start a nil fund for a quarterback? Take $20 off every ticket sold and throw it in a bucket for a quarterback. If you have a quarterback, the wide receivers will come. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if that's legal. I'm not sure how it works. Of course, there's all sorts of stuff going on around nil that may be a little fuzzy for everybody. Uh, Matt Snowback comes back with, I think Harburger is, is, is our guy. Yeah, he made some bad throws, but remember this, Frost didn't let him see any game time for several years. Harburg needs a good offseason. I think that he athletically, I mean, he's a big guy, and he certainly is athletic, but I mean, quarterback's all up in your head. And, you know, if he can learn to step up in the product, pocket and have a better presence, I, I maybe. But I just – I don't – there's already guys out there that are skilled, refined quarterbacks. And really, I mean, let's face it, a lot of this season – first of all, it's amazing we're talking about this <clears throat> because we have expectations for our team being good. That's what this is about. That, that, I think, is the most amazing thing that's happened this season, and that's why I titled the show that, The Most Amazing Thing, is we're expecting our team to be good. We're starting to build that. We're, hey, we need better players. We're going to be good now. We're going to be okay going in the right direction. We have a good defense, things like that. You know, and that's kind of cool. But uh, where the hell was I going with this? Oh, I think the biggest problem with this season is this, is really Matt Rule made the wrong decision of bringing Jeff Sims as a quarterback in. I mean, if you look at our season right now, I I would be be in charge of the West without Jeff Sims, this crappy division. 
would I mean if we I'm not talking about Casey Thompson because I know a lot of people will go, well, Casey Thompson should have stayed. Well, Casey Thompson wanted to be a starter, and he also tore his ACL. And, I mean, that was the biggest problem with Casey Thompson. Would he stay healthy for the season? The answer is obviously no. He already did that. But I, if we'd have picked somebody else out of the portal that wasn't so turnover prone or wasn't so, well, turnover prone, <laughs> I is that's what the season comes down to, isn't it, right now? Well, I'm not going to. We speculate, Todd. That's what we do. Here's the thing. The only thing we don't do, we're just not sitting in a bar drinking beer. You know, I'd be talking loud enough so everybody in the bar could hear me. The the funny thing is that the the anti-Jeff Sims segment are trying to encapsulate his career into a half a, a, a 10 place. And there is more to that kid's career than 10 plays. Yeah. If, if, if you look at his performance against Minnesota, outside of the two interceptions that he threw, that guy led a pretty dynamic offense in that game against Minnesota. Dare say a more efficient, more effective offense than we've seen even with Heinrich Harburg at the controls at our best. And so what bothers me is that all of us sitting in the cheap seats have said because of those 10 plays, this kid is crap. and. That's not true. When you look at, yeah, did he have turnovers when he was at Georgia Tech? He did. But look at the stats that he put up in light of the turnovers at Georgia Tech. He could move that offense. Heinrich Harburg has done nothing that Jeff Sims couldn't do and perhaps do better. So, you know, Beat the kid up all you want. Blame him for the losses if that's what you want to do. But in my, for my money, he's a better quarterback than Heinrich Harburg. And I think he would put us in a better position to win games than what Heinrich Harburg is. Do now, you think we'll see him again? Only if Heinrich Harburg gets – only if Harburg is injured. Only if he yeah, gets that is kind of weird how they manage the quarterbacks, isn't it? Well, in some ways, but you know that's kind of rules mo because even when he was at Baylor, you know he'd go with the guy that they chose to be the quarterback until you know he was knocked out, and you know he's if you listen to Matt Rule's conference press conference today, I mean he's all about Heinrich Harburg, you know he's he's one hundred percent behind the kid. And um, talking about helping him improve, you know, and, and getting him better, coaching him up, doing all those kinds of things. Um, you know, so, I, in, in, you know, I heard uh, Jay Moore um, on my drive back uh, to, to my drive back home saying that, in his opinion, Heinrich Harburg gives Nebraska the best chance to win, period, period. The other ones 
aren't aren't going to be as effective. So, you know, if he's the one that we're going to ride, then, you know, that's we're just going to have to accept that. That's 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 where we're at in the here and now. Mike Corgan says winning the West is like being the prettiest girl in Frontier County. Where's How Frontier County? That? That's my county. My wife's from Frontier County. <laughs> and she looks damn good. Like, yeah. You say that, Mike. Yeah. It's, hey. Yeah. Winning the West is like being the prettiest girl in Maywood. That's what you meant. How, how about this? Whoop. Linda, Linda. Pours a little bit of insight here. Purdy is not going to get in because he'll not be here next year, and HH will be. Well, there, there could be some truth to that. Coach the kid up, you know. Um, it's all about the quarterbacks, Todd. Never mind me, says, until he learns to read through progressions, Heinrich Harburg won't be shit. That that is true. He does have a problem making decisions. And, you know, I there's something to be said about him – well, the previous coach is not doing a damn thing with him, I guess. You know, there is something to be said for that. It's just, um, I, you know, think about Cam Jurgens and all those games we watched where he snapped the ball all over the freaking place, expect it, except where it was supposed to go, and now he's in the NFL. And I think he actually plays pretty good in the NFL. He was an NFL player. Somebody had the patience and time to put into him. I mean, do we have the patience for Heinrich Harburg for that? We're getting, we expect goodness now, Todd. There's that coach in Colorado that just throws people out. They just said, oh, the hell with the offensive coordinator. We can't score. And then they, you know, they didn't get beat by Oregon State as badly as I thought they would. But, you know, I we could just toss people out the window, right? Yeah, I, I hope that that's not the kind of program that they're going to run in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I don't think they're going to. Here's a comment from Simple Jack. I think Todd should dress up in overalls and wear a big red cowboy hat uh, at and have a corn cob sticking out of his pocket. I do have the red and white overalls. I will be wearing them at the Maryland game this weekend. I don't have a big red cowboy hat. If I had one, I would wear one. Um, I'd have to substitute a fat cigar for the corn cob. Um, because I'm not going to carry a corn cob around. So you only there do you that go. on your OnlyFans channel, right? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> My OnlyFans channel. Yeah, yeah, everybody has one, Todd. I just take pictures of my feet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, Roger Moore says, God, country, Todd. Look at that. They love you, Todd. Apparently. Many, yeah, yeah. many over gonna... here says, uh, she's agreed. She's agreed with you at least three times tonight that I I've seen. Uh, Cilantro says this game was a must win. Getting to a bowl is much tougher now. I don't think you can. I I don't know about that. I, Wisconsin lost to Indiana for God's sakes. Iowa's offense can't score. Maryland has lost. They started five and zero oh, and they've lost their f five their last four. They're five and four just like we are. And I'll tell you what, what's going to happen is this. Both these teams are meeting this weekend, five and four, and one of them is going to be a winner and bowl eligible, and the other one's going to be, you know, ridden with uh, anxiety and depression. Maybe the fans, maybe me. I don't know if it'll affect the attention. I'm, I'm optimistic. I think Nebraska's got three shots to win. I really do. I don't think that, you know, you know right now I, I think I heard the line is 
uh, you know, Maryland by two or two and a half or something like that. And that's fine. Um, but, you know, Wisconsin and Iowa are beatable. I mean, they, they are beatable teams. Wait a minute. I missed one here. Look at this. Monica Mercer says I'm from Frontier County. I grew up. I grew up with Monica. Monica is helping me design stuff and she is doing a fabulous job. By the way, uh, wait, not this one. Yeah, she did. You did that. She did this one. She did the run the fucking ball shirts. And uh, this weekend she came up with a toilet shirt. And now if you go to cobbycorn.com, there is uh, there's uh, the bathroom diaries shirts that you can go and buy. Bathroom diaries. I you know, we we call it, she wanted to call them bathroom memoirs. Uh, I I thought diaries was more appropriate. Memoir sounds too fancy. Uh you know, somebody on YouTube had the comment that we should call them crapper chronicles, but, uh, you know, Adams or Adam characters only already got that chronicles thing going for him. So, uh, uh, John, oh my God. Yes. We have a lurker, John. We have a lurker. He says, don't add me. He's waving oh, us off. Uh, okay. I see. I, um, but he's critiquing us. He's, critiquing he, us. I, he, he, he says, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Big Boulevard says Iowa will smash your offense. It's not much better. Well, yeah, we know this. I mean, the game's going to yeah. finish like three to two. Yeah. Or our goal, our goal for the Iowa game is is um, to reach out to Michigan and see if they have any contacts that Nebraska can hire. And ten days in front of the game. We're going to send Vito and Tony from Michigan, and they're going to break Cooper DeGene's legs. What? And so if, if Iowa doesn't have Cooper DeGene, that has taken away any possible potential for putting points on the board. They, they've lost their entire offense, defense, and specialty. Now, they do have a punter that can kick at a mile. So they've lost half of their effectiveness with special teams. But you will get Vito and Tony to take care of Cooper DeGene, break both legs, because if he only has one broken leg, he can still go. So it's going to have to be both of them. And and then that will uh, that will neutralize what little, uh, little possibility that Iowa would have to, what? to beat it. What is going on here? This is where I have to say that uh, uh, opinions and thoughts given on the Monday Night Therapy are solely of Mr. Todd Wolverton <laughs> and do not reflect Coronation.com, Vox Media, or any of its subsidiaries. This friendly it's disclaimer, this legal <laughs> disclaimer is necessary because Todd will get us in trouble. <laughs> That's probably true. Look, I have a banana. So, okay. Take that the was... banana. Throw the banana. What? Take the banana. Throw it in front of Cooper DeGene. And maybe he slips on the banana. 
Yeah, because earlier you were you were basically Nancy Kerrigan all over the place. The, you know, he, okay. Uh, Don Dre asked, "John is Frontier County in the Sand Hills?" You know, no, it's I don't think it is. It's at the you know if you go up to the north part of the county, you might at the be at the beginning of the Sand Hills, but Frontier County is just south of North Platte in Nebraska. Don, go back uh, and watch the old Marlon Brando western called Missouri Breaks. And in Missouri Breaks, that's what that's what Frontier County looks like. It's ravines and twists and turns. It, it is. It is. Uh, it's wild country up. You can you could hide out in Frontier County, and no one would ever 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 find you out there. That's true. That is very yeah. true. Uh, let's see. Uh, 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 cilantro comes in with big red toilet talk for the no. name of this stuff. <laughs> That's very good. I like Mike Corrigan has dispatches from the John spelled without an H, which is uh, that's very creative. You guys are very good. Oh, uh, let's wow. see. And then here's Big Bolivar again saying D sucked at Michigan State. You know, that's the thing is they they didn't suck. They weren't terrible at all. They they gave up 20 points. And I mean, if you're going to think that now, one of the things they did do is they gave up big plays and all season long, they had not given up big plays. So if you wanted to actually uh, bitch about them for something, they did give up explosive plays and we weren't used to seeing that. And uh, oh, shit. Go ahead, Todd. Talk about something. I'm going to look. Well, something no, up. I, you know, the, the, yeah, the defense. It just is so disappointing, but I think it's because we had so much hope that they they could continue holding the fort, and and they just you know they they can't they just can't do it game after game after game. You, you, we we have to have some offense. We have to have special teams step up and. Um, so we we gave up 63 yards rushing, average two yards a rush. So we shut down the, the run game pretty well, but uh, 232 yards per pass with an average per completion of 15.5, which is you know that's not good. And uh, but you know, listen, we gave up. Well, Mike Schuster says defense only gave up 13.7 was a bogus touchdown. Todd, we've gone 47 minutes into this thing without even mentioning the officials. Yeah, I'm kind of impressed. I'm proud of you, John. I, you know, I, I don't think I, I will say the same thing that I say about officials all the time. Uh, you can't blame a game on the officials. I know that there were some calls. I mean, I don't understand how our receiver just gets run into and tackled with the ball coming over, you know, by him at least. And there's no call there. That's just amazing to me. I thought there were four incredibly bad calls that went against or weren't for Nebraska, if that makes any sense. That touchdown, the lack of a pass interference, the missed face mask. Those are three of the four. Um, Boy, those just – you know they were backbreakers, but you know don't don't put yourself in a situation yeah. where where a call like that um, you know can can be the difference. Um, Nebraska did not play well enough to win that game, in in my opinion. 
let's let's take this on. Carlos says wrong, John. A lot of people say that the refs were totally biased toward Michigan State. Not in the first I, half. Yeah, I don't. I mean, in the first half, we did get the calls because I tweeted. You know, Nebraska is getting yeah. all the calls here. And do you remember some of those calls we got in the first half? It was toward the end of the. Got a couple half. of holding calls, defensive holding calls. At least one was holding. Was the other one a pass interference? I don't remember for yeah, sure. Something like that. But, you know, we got those calls. And, in fact, those weren't as blatant as the pass interference they didn't call in the second half. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't think the I, – I see stuff on Twitter and I see comments about, you know, the officials are on the take and all that stuff. I, you know, nobody defends the officials and I'm going to, and I'm going to say the same thing I always say about them. You know, they, they should be held accountable. They, they should be fired. They should be replaced. What? There's no giant fucking pool of gi- officials just waiting out there to go do your games. You know, we're in this position because 15 years ago, we started treating officials like shit and in middle school and at high school games. And all of those people that were going to become officials that rose up through the ranks, they said, fuck you, I'm not doing this. And they don't get paid enough. I, you know, the NFL even, I, how much, I don't know how much they pay officials, but they don't get paid enough to deal with this shit. And we destroyed that, that pool of refs that would have come up there, and it's not going to get any better because of our behavior as fans. That's right. And th- it, it, that's my defense of the officials. So are they bad? Yeah, they make bad calls. They're running. They're, you know what? I'd say, I don't know this for sure, that by and large, by a population, they're getting older and they're doing 20-year-old kids that can run faster than ever. And they're trying to call those games in real time. And in honesty, so fucking complex are rules that Iowa, we argued about fair catches and invalid signals with Iowa for at least a week until Michigan did something else stupid where they were stealing more shit. And then everybody switched over to that. You know, that's the thing. It, it, I, I get it. They're frustrating. I couldn't believe that on replay, they ruled the Michigan state catch a touchdown. Yeah. I, I was can't shocked either. by that. I, I was shocked either. by the fact that our guys running down the field and gates knocked down during a pass play. And it, you know what, if they thought the ball was uncatchable, they do this. Right. That's and the you, sign for uncatchable. Nobody ever did that. They, you know, yeah. is that bad? Yeah. But it's yeah. probably not going to get any better. In fact, it's only going to get worse. No, it, you know, and and the crew, the, the crew had a really bad day. And you're right. There needs to be a, a, a level of accountability, um, you know, for that. And um, but Again, you know, I'm 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 with Matt here. Matt Snovak says, "Let's not blame the refs. That's code for we can't win by ourselves." And and I concur with that. I've, it's kind of funny. I've had some knockdown, drag out arguments with my dad about that. Uh, you know, he's from the old old school, and um, you know, uh, he he he's definitely believes things a little bit different than I do. But um, nonetheless. Uh, there were some bad calls, bad calls in that game. Wade Farr says, why isn't every call reviewable if it changes the game? I, because, because there's people paying to put these damn things on the TV. 
And whether we like it or not, they controlled a lot of the flow of the game. I mean, think about the clock changes this year, how they, you know, the clock runs a lot more than it did because they wanted to shorten the games, i.e. they wanted to shove more commercials into the games so they could make back their money that they paid shit tons for for these contracts, which is good that they're paying for the contracts. But why isn't every call reviewable if it changes the game? That's why, because it takes too long. And the games would go longer. It's kind of like, why don't they call holding? I mean, there's some unbelievably egregious holding going on all over the place. And it doesn't get called. And why don't they do that? Well, because they'd be calling holding all the freaking yeah. time, you know? And I think offensive players know that. So they just tackle guys and get away with it more. I'm I'm going to be okay. – I'm, I'm pretty doggone sure I'm in the minority here. But I wish they'd get rid of video replay. I wish when you watch baseball games, they didn't put that rectangle up there with the strike zone. You know, it all that does is it puts, you know, a a, a more powerful magnifying glass on on the officials and the officiating. You know, we we got along just fine for a hundred or more years of football without having video replay. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm putting this up here and, you know, I don't want this necessarily to be a referendum on officiating, <laughs> but, you know, Dave Candidate says, I know high school refs that have a getaway car and a driver. I knew of refs and I knew of situations where that was the case 40 years ago, 40 to 45 years ago. You know, the difference today is that there are more people that are more critical, um, and more threatening than, than it used to be back in the old days. And, you know, I'm not a very intimidating person. I'm five foot 10 and significantly overweight, but um, I, I, I hated, I, the, the thing I hated the most in my former role as a, as a principal and athletic director was basketball games. I hated them. And that's because everybody in the gym was a referee. Everybody in the gym was a referee. And on more than one occasion, I had to get a couple of people, and we had protocols for this, but we literally had to, you know, escort officials out of the gymnasium, you know, and set up kind of a little escape route for them to get out of there because the fans were so ridiculous. So, you know, folks, it, it starts at the younger ages. And just because people are paying thousands of dollars for their kids to get private training and play on select teams that does not give them a right to berate officials. So there's my soapbox done. Carlos says, John, could Trev Alberts please make you our offensive coordinator? I'd take the money. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, you know, maybe if I was 35, I could get into that. But I think at this point it's, you know, I, I'll just sit here on my microphone and sit on my couch on Saturdays and do what everybody else does. And we're just there. You send the bitches. You know, why didn't they do this or that? Okay, let's see. We have a number of these uh, starred. Joel J says, go fund me for a quarterback. You know, I'm surprised that people haven't actually started that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I am really – you know what I think? I think everybody looks at Neil and they go, well, rich people pay for that. And the reality is, is you know, you can contribute to 1890 and you can, you can buy pipeline jerky to contribute to the offensive line. So it's kind of Fred like Sacco says John's offensive. <laughs> He's just not a coordinator. That's true. That is, that, that is true. Thank you for recognizing who I am. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, 
Let's see. Many says, John, plan, plan for a happy tree video after the game. Good thoughts. There you I go. I thought about that. I thought about walking down there and then I was lazy. And I was, you know, I was, I, I thought about it. I should we do need, that. We're, we uh, need we're one. We're due for we a tree one. video. Uh, oh, I had, look at Roger Morse's soccer has extra communist refs that could be trained. <laughs> they, they'd be touch. They'd probably be ruling people for penalties for touching the ball with their hands. Yeah. Many, I, ag many again, I want to, I want to take this. It would be interesting to hear the refs' complaints. You know, it would. I years ago, I think actually ten years ago, I interviewed a, a friend of mine who was a Division One ref, and there's a series of articles at Coronation uh, about what the refs' responsibilities are and why don't they call holding and things like that. And you know, maybe I'll put them in the show notes and people can review them because the responsibilities for each one of the refs. I each like the side judge, the back guy, the, the you know empire head official. They all have different responsibilities for what they're doing in each play. But I would love to find a division. If you anybody out there knows a division one official that would come and let us interview them, that wouldn't even have to be live. But I would love to talk to them. You know, I talked to some Big Ten refs when I was on the field. Uh, I used to go up and talk to him a lot and ask him. You know, about John, you did a good interview with Louis Curtis a few years back too. Who yeah. was in charge of of referees and at high school level, and and that was a good interview too, and gave some insight. So, and he uh, he talked about the fact that at the high school level they're having a very good difficult time of giving getting officials, and a lot of that mm -hmm. is because we as fans just it's too much. You know, yeah. I mean, you think about it. Who wants people screaming at them all the time? You, the, the, you have to be conditioned for that. You don't just walk into a situation and have people jump on you and scream in your face and do all sorts of shit to you. You know, I, I, I spent a lot of my career as an IT person doing disaster recovery, which means I walked into com companies where everybody was going insane. I had CEOs that would come up and scream in my face. Uh, I literally had one spit all over me one time when I was about 26 years old. I thought it was kind of funny because in the back of my head, all I could think about was the animal house scene. Uh, is that a pledge pin on your uniform? And that's what I pictured when people were screaming at me. But you have to be conditioned to be able to do that. You know, maybe the Marines, maybe, maybe the Marines, if you get out of the Marines, you could go apply to be an official. I, you know, cause yeah. they're probably, they, they could handle that stuff better. Uh, well, oh, did you? Yeah, I like that one. I, I could see it. Jeff uh, Joel Tulshow says restroom reflections with John in a smoking jacket and a pipe, a la Hugh Hefner. I I like that. I I do. You know, I do. You have a similar smoking jacket. I I know. I've seen it. Um, I've seen it somewhere. Um, you know, we've got a lot of other good comments, but there you go. Um, yeah, see, I could. You know, we're we're getting close. Up. We're getting close, and there's a couple things we haven't talked about yet, John. That we probably, I think, are okay. Worth mentioning. Oh um, yes, you there know, is. we got we got to definitely give props to that volleyball team. Uh, the the game Friday night against Penn State with the reverse sweep, which John called. John called that on uh, the volleyball thread, and. You know, if, if there are volleyball fans out here, you know, don't be afraid to jump on coordination when the volleyball team's playing because uh, we have started uh, having game threads for volleyball games. And, and 
we've got a few people here. You know, I recognize a few names here tonight, you know, that join in on those threads and they're, they're a lot of fun, but that game against Penn state really showed the metal of this team. I mean, Holy smokes. Um, that was a very difficult environment to play in. And uh, Nebraska remains undefeated after winning that game and, and then beating Rutgers, Merritt Beeson, Big Ten Player of the Week for the fourth time, Bergen Riley, Big Ten Setter of the Week for the third time. So, you know, the volleyball game and, – and here's another recommendation. If you have not seen the documentary on Big Ten Network, BTN, about Nebraska volleyball, then you need to search your listings and find an opportunity to watch uh, that documentary. It really puts Nebraska volleyball into, you know, uh, uh, an incredible perspective when you think about the roots of the program, not only at the University of Nebraska, but in the state of Nebraska. Excellent documentary. The other thing we need to give a, a shout out to is the soccer program. Yeah. And, you know, Roger, um, I understand that Soccer is populated by communists. Um, so, but just bear with me because Nebraska does have a women's soccer team. Uh, they were co-champs uh, for the regular season in the Big Ten. They uh, did today. Uh, were notified that they have qualified for the 64-team field for the NCAA tournament. Uh, they are hosting a first-round game on Friday in Lincoln against South Dakota State. So, um, you know, Nebraska is having a heck of a fall um, with both volleyball and soccer, um, a couple of sports that have had a lot of success over the years at the University of Nebraska. So kudos to those teams. Nebraska beats Lindenwood 84-52. to 52. Uh, there's no word on how bad they beat Morningwood, but maybe that's tomorrow. <laughs> we'll terrible we'll see if Morningwood's standing tall tomorrow. <laughs> oh, God. Why do we do this? Uh, let's see. Uh, James Marshall always has good insight. James Marshall says Mar Maryland is all about big plays. The big defense better tightened up. Yeah, they have that uh, Tua Lola kid. To his brother, and he is, you know, he. They, it's shocking to see how bad Maryland has kind of come apart in the last few games. So, I don't know. Maybe they'll do that again. I'm, I'm trying to find somebody from Maryland to interview for Wednesday, but uh, so far nobody has replied to me. So, maybe they're all into basketball season already too. Uh, Linda Wilkins says that's a bathrobe. It's you know. I think that we all went through the pandemic wear, and some of this just became normal. It became normal clothing for some of us, Linda. Some of us. And but I've seen Hugh Hefner wear things that are that same yeah. color. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's nice. Yeah. And uh, then then Linda comes up with that. <laughs> well, <laughs> it is did true. you have seven years of college? Well, yes. actually, Linda, yes, I did. I stayed in college until I figured out what I wanted to do with my life because it was cheap enough back in those days that you could. And uh, I learned a lot. Um, Jay, Jay Jasinski says, Todd, would you like a replay of the 82 Nebraska Penn State game? We got Who over it. Who's that guy? I got over it. Who is this person? So. You know, I have one of my clients that I work the closest with, and he's a Penn State guy. And honest to God, I have seen the replay of the 82 Penn State game 673,000 times because he plays that to annoy me. Yeah. 
No, I want to see all of the all the calls made correctly by human beings. Okay. Murph Dog Brewing Company says, are we going to see the offense adapt or are we still going to run the same largely ineffective crap next week? I'd like to know because I won't be signing up for Peacock. Well, here's the reality of the situation. It's not like something there, – there's not like somebody going to come down and sprinkle magic quarterback dust on any one of our quarterbacks or our offensive linemen or our backup running backs or our backup wide – I mean, this is it. This is what we have. And I mean, you know, if you've ever gone through your life, it's basically an equivalent of somebody saying, uh, you know, here's this project, you're going to do this. And you sit down and go, well, this project's going to cost me, this is going to cost about $250 million. And they look at you and go, well, you got about $100 million to do it. And you kind of go, well, shit. And then you have to figure it out. That's just how it's going to be the rest of the season. It's going to be how is our offense going to figure out how they can score points. That's really what it's going to come down to is how can we creatively get the team into the position to score points so we can win games? Because, I mean, we need 20 points a game, basically. And, and where is that going to come from? I don't know. Uh, how are they going to do that? You know, I kind of thought that they had the right idea a little bit against Michigan State where they just took their receivers that are really fast and fly them down the field and throw the ball up in the air. And they don't make any, you know, they just say, you know what, two seconds after the ball is snapped, you're here on the field 20 yards deep, and that's where the ball's going. I, I don't know if you can do that, but maybe that's not horrifying. You know, they don't have to really make decisions. It's just, I, I mean, Heinrich Hardenberg had a great punt on that one interception. Uh, okay. What else? Anything? Well, I don't know. We're having a good time kind of here. So there are there any other comments you want to there you, you want to address? Carlos says, John, do you think more triple option is the answer? No. You know, no. Here, here's the thing with the option that everybody forgets is you know, not even the the service academies are running that as much as they used to because they, you can't cut block people anymore. It's illegal. And it's illegal because that's how people get injured is, you know, offensive lineman that weighs 300 pounds running at a guy and then rolling into his legs or going into his lower body. And that's how you tear knees up and things like that. And the game has become much more about, uh, you know, player safety. So you, you can't – people that would love – here's the thing. I'll just say this. People associate the triple option with winning. Okay. We don't miss the triple option. We miss winning. Now, could you use it effectively in certain plays? Yeah. I think that, yeah. you know, they've done that and they've done a good job of actually. I mean, if you want to complain about Marcus Satterfield, the guy has learned how to do the different things in his offense in the middle of a season. And you don't typically do that. And he's had to largely do that out of necessity because, well, the running backs he depended upon at the beginning of the year, they're gone. You know, I said at the beginning of the year, Ramir Johnson, I thought was the most explosive player in the game, and, and he's been gone for weeks now. So, yeah, uh, kind of almost forgot about it. Hey, John, what's that? Find that last comment from Fred Sacco the, about your robe. Oh, my God. Can you find that? Well, you have to talk then, Todd. Well, he had a, he had a comment relative to your robe. Um, and what your robe looked like. I think he mentioned a, a famous individual. Hugh Hefner? No, Baron Von Raschke, right? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Baron, <laughs> he he Baron, just wanted a reason to put that up there. Yeah. Baron Von Raschke. Thank you, Fred. You've given me uh, a, a, an opportunity to walk down memory lane. There's me and Baron Von Raschke at the Minnesota game in my red and white overalls with a red hat on. No corn cob, though. How the hell do I get that out of there? What? The picture. Okay. What do you mean? Oh. <laughs> Matt Snow. Okay. Da, 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 da. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Wade asks, Wade Farr says, John asked how many people paying peak are paying for peacock. <laughs> <laughs> Spelled P E E. <laughs> to watch Nebraska and how many going to a sports bar and how many just radio, you know, and a whole bunch of people are, I think replied to that and said, basically radio. Uh, yeah. Matt Snowback comes in with Peacock free trial, everyone. And they do have a free trial. Uh, we're going to be on Peacock more. I mean, if you want to watch men's basketball, I realize yeah, basketball's going to be on there a few times. There's going to be a number of games on Peacock. Mm -hmm. uh, there, my household gets Peacock because we watch communist soccer. And in <laughs> fact, before the football games on Saturday morning, I usually am watching the English Premier League. Yes. And yes. my my rotten son pay, pays for Peacock, so there you go. Matt Sonback also said it's legal in the tackle box still, and by that he means cut blocking. That's true, but you don't get that guys going out there on the end. Um, and I, you know, I think the thing is, is that's why it's not as effective. You know, Tom Osborne really didn't run the option as much as we think he did. I think he ran about twenty percent of his plays were triple option plays. It wasn't that, you know, it wasn't like he ran every play like that, like a service academy. He was just very effective at what he did. So, And they did it very, uh, very well. Yeah. Well, John, I think that. we should probably probably wrap it up. Huh. Oh, my God. Roger Moore says, time for a communist peacock T-shirt. I We have enough stuff out there right now. Yeah. Uh, You've really expanded your uh, – your uh, apparel. Well, I'm trying to learn about this because at yeah. some point I'd like to actually make more money off this so I could, I don't know, pay for medical bills. I lost, I was going to go to the Maryland game. I don't know if I'm going to make it now. Uh, we lost the transmission in our Jeep last Thursday, Friday. And uh, that's, that's not good. You know, no. it's like, no. The problem is, is uh, it'll take at least probably two weeks before we get a new transmission. So yeah, no, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Saturday. So we'll see what happens. If my oldest son wants to drive, then I might go. Well, you know how good I am at making plans. Yes, you are. You are the anti-planner. Life should be ad hoc, Todd. <laughs> um. Pay attention to Corn Nation on Twitter. Uh, if John does make an appearance at the football game on Saturday, he'll be sure to tweet that out. Um, he likes to hang around by the statue on the west east side of the stadium. Right. And uh, he'd be more than happy to say howdy to any of you folks that come up. Now, I, on the other hand, will be in the stadium because my father has to get there two hours ahead of time. 
So unfortunately, um, I will I will not be there with John to um, to chat. So uh, okay, I John, think that is it. Yeah, we need to call her good. We need to call yeah, her. Yeah, we tonight. do. Okay. Good night, Todd. Yep. Good night, John. <laughs>